It's Your Health Radio, a special podcast series presented by Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the CDC, up to 29 million people in the United States have diabetes, and as many as 8 million of whom may be undiagnosed or unaware of their condition. My guest today is Dr. Sina Tebbe. He's an endocrinologist and a member of the medical staff at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tebbe. So let's talk about diabetes type 2. Used to be called adult onset, but not so much anymore because we're even seeing children with it. So give us a little physiology lesson. What is type 2 diabetes? So as you said, we have different types of diabetes. And uh, in terms of treatment, we basically divide them into type 1 and type 2. And the type 1s are the ones who cannot take medication. They have to take uh, oral medications. They have to take insulin. And the type 2 and the other categories, which are the subcategories of type 2, the physiology of that is insulin resistant. And let me explain that to you. The pancreas is making insulin to bring the sugar uh, down. When you eat something and your blood sugar goes up, the pancreas secretes insulin, which works as a key to open the door of the cells of the muscle and the liver to let the sugar go inside. The problem is not with the insulin. The problem is with the locks that the key has to go and open it. Uh, The muscle and the liver who have to uh, let the insulin open the door and take take the sugar inside, they don't work very well. So what happens is that your pancreas has to secrete more and more insulin to get this process going. And, well, you know, for the first part, your sugars are still normal. You don't even know about it and more insulin has been secreted. Now, in this period, if we check your sugars are normal, but if we check your insulin, we will know that you have more insulin compared to normal people because that's what is going on. Your receptors for insulin are not good, and you have to secrete more insulin to compensate for it. There comes a time as this process is going and going that these receptors get worse and worse, and you have need for more and more insulin. To the point that it, um, when your pancreas is making the maximum insulin uh, that it can, that's just not enough either. And that's when you start seeing your sugars going up. The blood tests, like you know, the fasting sugar, after meal sugar, these sugars like you know start to rising up. So then we call these things pre-diabetes or diabetes at that time. And then when these things uh, progresses and continues, it gets to the point that the poor pancreas that has been making all of this insulin for all of these years is going to give up too, and the production of the insulin decreases too. So now we have receptors that are not responding very well to the insulin, and the pancreas that is not able to make that high amount of insulin that it was making before. So the sugars keep going higher and higher, and it causes symptoms, and full-dominant diabetes shows up. So would someone notice something, and you mentioned pre-diabetes. So if someone is pre-diabetic or full-blown diabetes, would they notice some things? Are there certain symptoms, red flags, that would send them to get tested in the first place? Pre-diabetes, as I said, most of the time is asymptomatic. Uh, if you check your sugars, they're a little bit higher. If you check that number, we call hemoglobin A1C. Uh, it's in the pre-diabetic range, but it's not to the point that it causes symptoms, but it's a sign that we are going and, you know, having diabetes. If the sugars go ser- above a certain number, the symptoms of the diabetes will show itself. So the first thing that will happen is that um, 
this extra sugar that uh, is in the bloodstream, uh, the kidneys are not able to hold them anymore. They're going to leak into the urine. And as the sugar goes, the water follows it. So we have something we call polyuria or like frequent urination. That's one of the symptoms. The other thing is that well, when you're urinating so much, you're going to be thirsty all the time. And it will, you know, so we call this uh, polydipsia or uh, increased thirst or need for drinking water constantly. The other thing that happens is that you have all of this sugar in your bloodstream, but uh, you're not able to use it. It just stays in your bloodstream. As I told you before, this sugar stays, but it needs insulin and those receptors for it to be used. So your brain doesn't have enough sugar that it needs, and it's always like, you know, feeling that you're hungry. So we call it polyphagia or like, you know, increased hunger, and you constantly have the need to eat something. So that's like, you know, a dilemma because you have a lot of sugar in your bloodstream and you're not able to use it and you feel hungry all the time. If this is very severe, actually it can cause weight loss because then your body who's not able to use sugar has to burn fat and has to burn the muscle. So very bad diabetes can cause rapid weight loss um, at that point. These are the main symptoms of it. One of the other things that people notice a lot is that when their sugar levels goes high, their, uh, their vision becomes blurry. That's also something that, you know, because of the high sugar, the, um, the fluid which is in the eye gets affected and it becomes kind of dehydrated and causes blurriness. And usually these patients uh, experience that if they drink more water or do something to bring the sugar lower, the blurriness of the eye goes away. So this is not the eye damage that eventually happens over the years with diabetes. It's a transient thing that happens when the sugar goes above a certain level and then it goes back to normal when the sugars come down. So these are like, you know, some of the main symptoms, more common symptoms of diabetes. Would we know these things by a routine blood test? You mentioned fasting blood glucose, but are there certain other tests that would really cement that diagnosis? So as I mentioned, like, you know, uh, these, are the, these symptoms will show up later. So many years ago when, you know, people were not getting tested very often or, um, uh, you know, the tests were not available, they're, they're not going to the doctors as often, this was, uh, these were the symptoms. And the patient would go to the doctor and explain these things, and the doctor will find out that they had Diabetes. We still see this, like you know, frequently too. But most of the patients will find out about these things much earlier because a lot of people do uh, lab tests, annual physical exams, and we see that, like you know, the fasting sugars are elevated. There is another number. It's a lab test. It's a blood draw that we call it hemoglobin A1C. That's a um, number that shows the average of blood sugar in the past three months. So if you want to go and do your blood test and you're worried about your sugar and you're going to fast for like, you know, extra long, they told you come in like, you know, eight hours or 10 hour fasting and you're going to do it like, you know, for 16 hours because you're worried about your numbers, you go in and you have good blood sugars in the morning. Uh, But then if they do the hemoglobin A1C, which shows the average of your blood sugar for the past three months, then, uh, then it can show that what your average blood sugar has been. And if it's high, it will show itself. And what about risk factors? Who is at risk for diabetes type 2? So type 2 diabetes is, you know, as you know, is a very, very common condition. As you mentioned, like, you know, in the beginning, there are so many people on it. So uh, you also see that 
certain communities, then certain racial, uh, like you know, backgrounds, and uh, also uh, families are more predisposed to having type two diabetes. Their diabetes uh, type two mostly like you know runs in the family, so it's very genetic. Uh, we don't know uh, what exactly are the genes, but there is. Uh, multigenic, we, uh, what we call this. There's so many genes that are involved in this, but it is a genetic thing. So if you have people who have diabetes type 2 uh, in your family, you certainly have increased risk of type 2 diabetes. As we see, most of the people with type 2 diabetes, they have family members on it, or like, you know, certain racial, fac- uh, racial factors. Uh, Native Americans, Filipinos, uh, South Americans, they are more disposed to have uh, type 2 diabetes. So the other uh, part is uh, the non-genetic or the acquired factors. So uh, weight gain, something that makes the insulin resistant worse, uh, which means that uh, your requirement for insulin goes higher as you gain weight. Lack of exercise uh, also uh, causes these receptors that I was explaining to you for insulin not to work very well. So this is another, like, you know, risk factor for it. A diet which is full of carbohydrates and sugars and fat is also a risk factor for developing. So it's a dual thing. You have to have the genes and you have to have the risk factors, and uh, you don't know which one is stronger. It's different in each person, but it's a dual thing, and these are the risk factors. So now let's speak about treatment and possible prevention. What is your best advice, Dr. Tebby, for people that want to prevent diabetes, and what do you tell them about treating if they do have existing? So the first thing is like, you know, prevention. Uh, If we know that people have high risk factors, for example, they're coming from a genetic group or they're coming from a family who have high risk of diabetes, we warn them that you have the genes, don't let yourself to have the habits or the other risk factors because it's very highly likely that you will develop diabetes as well. Uh, and uh, the, the next thing is that if we do the labs and we find out that the sugars are high, the hemoglobin A1C is high, you're in the pre-diabetic group, uh, we sometimes decide to treat those patients with medications and sometimes we do lifestyle modifications uh, to prevent these things. In the earliest stages of diabetes, things are reversible. Uh, when I was telling you that those receptors that respond to insulin are not working very well, uh, exercise. If you um, uh, start an exercise program, well, what has been tested has been 30 minutes of uh, exercise uh, hard enough that causes sweating five times a week will be enough to make these receptors better. The new ones will be made. The new receptors are uh, better responsive to insulin. So the disease is in a way um, reversed. Uh, The problem that was there is uh, going back to towards normal. There is less requirement for insulin. There is less pressure on the pancreas. So we can reverse it in the earliest stages of it. But then if we do that, you know, we see that, you know, we are not able to do that. There are some medications that can, um, that can help reverse the uh, problem of receptors not being responsive to insulin to some degree without much of a side effect. So we actually, more and more endocrinologists are starting patients on uh, oral medication treatment in the earliest stages of the diabetes or pre-diabetes 
because we know that it's beneficial and it postpones the occurrence of the diabetes rather than waiting until patients become diabetic and then treat them. In just the last few minutes, Dr. Tubby, it's such important information too. Please give your best advice for preventing diabetes or living with and managing your diabetes with lifestyle behavior modification. So I just want to add this, that, you know, diabetes, as you mentioned, is a very predominant disease in the community and can cause a lot of problems. Blindness of the eye, um, losing the uh, sensation on the lower extremities and the fingers, uh, vascular problems, heart attacks, kidney trouble, all of these things can happen uh, by diabetes. But it's not actually the diabetes, it's the high sugar over a certain period of time that damages the vessels and the nerves and causes these problems. So diabetes or non-diabetes, if you keep the sugars in the normal level, either by a lifestyle modification or uh, by taking medication or at some levels even taking insulin, if you keep these sugars in, uh, in acceptable range, none of these problems would happen. But my advice is that get checked if you see that you have risk factors, like you have family members who have diabetes, or you see that your body habitus or your lifestyle is in a way that increases your risk of uh, diabetes, get checked and know where you are. Are you pre-diabetes? Do you already have diabetes? And then the best thing in the earliest stages for prevention is uh, what I mentioned, trying to uh, make your receptors for insulin revive, and that's by losing weight, exercising, and changing your lifestyle. Thank you so much, Dr. Tebby. It's great information. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. And for more information, you can go to henrymayo.com. That's henrymayo.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.